welcome, ladies and gentlemen, into the big 3-0, episode number 30 of the Get Around Podcast. Who thought we would get this far? After last week, not me. Yeah, I thought we were going to be <laughs> yanked right off the air. So I'm not sure if uh, if any of our 30-plus listeners really were uh, too upset about the conversation that we had to uh, to start the show. And I told you this, Brett, is that that wasn't my intention to start the show with that kind of sophomoric that discussion. Just, that just speaks to the brilliance of your mind. Yep. Or the... Uh, I don't, I'm not sure if I'd call it brilliance, but I appreciate... I'm sure for a different adjective. But, I, I, I appreciate the what I'm assuming is a sarcastic uh, compliment. Yes. <laughs> all, the, all the feedback I've heard has been positive, though. It was yeah. so sarcastic, I thought I could deliver it without the glossy sarcasm on it, and you'd still know it was sarcasm. Yes. Yes. I know you do not, you do not think that I am brilliant, nor do, <laughs> nor do many people that have, uh, have ever met me. But again, what I wanted to bring up last week is, and I told you this, I think Pint Night or whatever it was that we were out, I, I wanted to ask if the... You know, if you leave your butter out of the fridge, so these two things, butter and syrup, in the fridge or out of the fridge? Both in the fridge. Butter in the fridge, syrup out. See, and I'm the opposite. I go butter out, syrup in the fridge. So n- no no similarities here. No, no similarities board, at all. Anyway. We What we should have done, and I, I, uh, I regret this now, I mean, I don't regret last week's conversation to start the show, but we should have put out like a Facebook poll about butter and syrup. And I don't know why I thought about it. Um, Guillermo, oh, I'll put it on the poll. Uh, syrup brand. What syrup brand do you like? I'm a log cabin man myself. I don't care. Yeah, okay. Whatever's cheap. See, that you got to be careful with the syrup because you can get, if you go cheap, you know, if you go like Meyer brand or something like that or whatever it is, you can get syrup that tastes like paint thinner. I go, I go cheap, but I go consistency as well. There's a, a factor there where you kind of look at the bottle and see how, how thick it is, and if it's like if it's too watery, then I won't get it. I, gotcha. I usually get light. Light? I don't, I don't want all that sugar. and <clears throat> I'm like, give me all that high fructose corn syrup, baby. No. Give me all of it. Every little drop. But welcome into episode number 30 of the Get Around Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Queeley. Joining me in the studio here at the offices of the Traverse City Record Eagle, James Cook. Brett Summers, no nicknames this week. I'm being very professional because I want to show all of our audible viewers that I am capable of not being an immature person. You could have just, you know, edited it out last time. I couldn't have. And still be immature. I could have. But present yourself as otherwise. Looking back on it, I could have edited out the the testicles talk before the Keith Gave interview. I could have done that. Put Uh, it afterwards? No, I could have (laughs) taken it out completely. Uh, But by that time it was 3.30 in the morning and I was ready to go to bed and I didn't want to... Well, the problem was is that last week I watched the national championship game and the White Sox at the same time, dual screens, and so I didn't get to editing the podcast until about like midnight or midnight 30. At least it wasn't beer 30. Beer 30. It was not beer o'clock. <laughs> One, because I don't like beer. People are going to think you got a talking to, though, if you're, uh, if you're well-behaved in this episode. All right, welcome into the show. Uh, we have got a good one for you. This one is pretty much all baseball. Uh, we will have Traverse City St. Francis's 
Uh, Joey Muzlakovich, the reigning player of the year for the Traverse City Record Eagle. I will have him on a little bit later. I will be absent for that interview, and that's probably a lot of uh, applause out there, I would imagine. People are going, all right, maybe he should be gone forever. It was close to happening last week, I would imagine. Uh, we'll have him on. We will also make our player of baseball player of the year predictions uh, right after that, and we will reveal the champion of sports movie madness, which just dominated and pretty much dominated from week one to to week six, and probably not a surprise at this point that you guys have figured out what that number one seed is that ran through all of the competition, but. Before we get to all of that, let's check the heartbeat of the sports world and get into the pulse. Baseball season is upon us, or hopefully upon us. I would. Are we going to get any games in this week? Is that because we didn't get any games in last week, right? Are we going to get any in this month? It's. I. I mean, I'm not sure. I know that <laughs> through this week, it's supposed to be pretty cold. I know. Boy, there's been a couple of schools around here that have pretty much just canceled everything for the whole week. I just said we're not doing anything this week. Hopefully, I, hopefully next week we'll get somebody on the field. When I talked to the Gaylor coach John Snyder the other day, he was hopeful that they would play tomorrow or Wednesday because that game is down in Clare and it's supposed to be a little say, warmer. Down state, state away games are a little different, but yeah, nothing for us to go and watch. Misik is hopeful to have their games. I think to play a game on Wednesday, but I don't know that it's going to happen. And there's really nothing that the schools can do about this, right? You can't start the season later and make them play triple headers. That's just, I think that, I would I would imagine that's against the rules. You, you pretty much schedule early April, maybe even some late March, and just cross your fingers. You know what they got to do? They got to get a dome up here. That's what has to happen. Like, mm-hmm. a couple of domes. I think that would be great. Just some AstroTurf. Yeah, and snow on the would, turf, though, I mean, would, would, would be bad. But Put up a, a, a roof over Warfel. You could do that, yeah. So those Werfels have plenty of money that they can just throw around. Certainly, uh, they'd be more entertaining than the Beach Bums playing, but that's just... <laughs> or at least the Beach Bums in the last couple of years. But uh, the, the team that we have to start off with is Muzlakovich's team, and that's Traverse City St. Francis, uh, sitting at number two right now in the preseason rankings for Division Three. Last year, you covered them, James, a lot. You, uh, throughout the postseason... They gave up just five runs. I did a little pre-research. Pre-research? Or just research? I did pre-show a little, research. I did a little pre-show research for this. And so the five runs in the postseason, 12 to nothing over Kingsley, 10 to nothing over Benzie Central, 8 to nothing against Boyne City, 9 to nothing against Gladstone, 3 to nothing against Grand Rapids West Catholic. Their first runs came in the... Uh, championship semis, three to two versus Schoolcraft, and then they lost three nothing to Bishop Foley in the championship game. Do we expect them to be this dominant again this year? Uh, I would think so. I mean, they've got pretty much everything back. I mean, but they, well, they lose a couple of starters, but I mean, they've got so much back that it's almost like they have everything back. I mean, they lose Gabe Callery, who was a great leadoff hitter for them last year, um, in second baseman. They lose, uh, I believe, Peter McAndrews in the outfield, and. Connor Sweet at third, and he was their number three pitcher as well. Um, aside from that, pretty much everything is back. All right, the biggest one is that Muzlakovich is back because he was the best player on their team, best player in the area, or at least that's what the, the consensus was uh, between the three of us that we came to. I know we had 
a couple other options, and we'll get into our predictions later in the show. But is this is this a championship team? My only hesitation to provide an adamant yes to your first question of, you know, will they be that good again this year is just, is it fair to expect them to be that good? You know, not because they're not talented, but it just last year, aside from that championship game, was one of those seasons where it just everything clicks perfectly and goes exactly right. Don't want to jinx anything with injuries, but, you know, they were pretty much injury-free last year. I mean, pitching, as talented as they are, I mean, can you expect, what, two or three guys to have sub point five or whatever ERAs (laughs) on the season again? Um, You know, all it takes is one or two swings differently, and maybe those numbers get inflated by a fraction of a a point, and something (laughs) different happens, but that's my... That's my only hesitation is, can you expect it to be a perfect season again, aside from that championship game? They do have their top two pitchers back in uh, Muzel Djokovic and uh, Casey Casey Peterson, who had a .13 ERA, and that was better than Muzlakovic's .39. Both of those are ridiculous numbers that you would imagine, maybe not expect, but could those two be any better than they were last year? That, that's, that's, my, that's my point. That's my point. You're supposed to make a jump from your junior to your senior year, but what else could they do? Is Muzlakovic, should he not give up a run, uh, an earned run? Should Peterson not give up an earned run? Should they just shut out every team that they play? I think that's the expectation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, just zeros across the board for the entire season. And uh, not allowing a hit. I don't think that they should allow a hit all season. No, it's yeah, just no hitters all the way. No walks, no errors. They should play absolutely a perfect season. Perfect a literal baseball. perfect season. Yes. That is the pressure we're putting on Traverse City St. Francis right now. And Peterson was just just amazing last year in the, in the playoffs. Muzalakovic was as well. Peterson only lost two games all season. And they were two two teams that won state championships. They, he lost in the state championship game to the Class C state champions, and then during the regular season they lost to the uh, D champions or Division Four, I guess it's divisions now. But so I mean, those are the only two games he lost, and those were both games I think were just a, a couple of runs. And it doesn't look like they're putting any cupcakes on their schedule this season. They've got a pretty tough schedule, uh, and that includes uh, two doubleheaders against the other Traverse City teams. Uh, Central, they play Central on April April 12th, if that happens, because that's just a bit later in the week, and then they've got West on April 17th. And how much fun would that be to see Muzlakovic go up against Ryan Hayes on the mound, because those two uh, are pretty damn dominant when it comes to being on the mound. I think they had scheduled five of their first six doubleheaders were scheduled against Class A teams right? this season. I, mean, I think maybe that's, a, that's another reason to maybe not quite expect the numbers to be as good either because they, they have beefed up that schedule and they're trying to make their lives more difficult because apparently they were too good for baseball last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should have been playing a different sport because they were too good for the sport that they were playing. I don't know. I think that uh, the Glads have uh, another great team, and uh, I'm interested to see what, uh, as I just brought up, the other Traverse City teams do in Central and West. Central and West don't meet until May 1st, and I'm assuming by that time the weather will have improved enough for them to to play games. They'll still have to squeegee the field off. 
Titans have a, a good schedule as well. They got a doubleheader uh, against Lowell coming up on Saturday. They play teams that are ranked in the top 16, I guess, which isn't, you know, you're looking at top 10 teams, but they play Gaylord, which is number 14 in D2, Rudyard, which is 16 in D4, and Whitehall, which is uh, 13 in D2. So none of those are, is it classes now? Is that, should I be being, playing, saying classes? I think everything goes to divisions next year. Next year. Cause but I think baseball already was division. Yeah, the divi- only thing yeah, that was classes was before only. was basketball and volleyball. So you have Ryan Hayes, who was a, what, close second for player of the year? We, Very close. I know I that. Mean, there, I, were, there were a few players last year that just had ridiculous seasons. Um, you know, I think kind of looking back, something that pushed Joey over the top was on top of ridiculous pitching numbers, he was a beast at the plate, too, so... That uh, weigh, that definitely weighed in his in his favor. Yeah, ended up hitting like four fifty. What can we expect from West this year? What can we expect from West and from Central? Um, what is Central going to have? What is West going to have, other than, other than Ryan Hayes? Um, well, I mean, uh, you know, West has a decent amount coming back from last year. They lost, I think, four, four quality, four or five quality guys who played for them a lot last year. But they had a bunch of juniors and sophomores that played. Uh, good amounts last year, guys like uh, Sam McDonald, Brendan Pierce, and Mike Larrisy, you know, who just who just signed to play college ball, and you know, so I think they'll have a pretty decent amount back. Uh, Central lost a big chunk of its pitching staff, um, so they're going to have to reform that. Uh, they have they have some pretty decent hitters coming back, uh, you know, Ben McCrary among those, Briggs, Matt Carrado, mm-hmm. and they've got a tough schedule actually because they play. Two top ten teams early in their schedule. They have number eight Midland and number four Saginaw Heritage, so they're not. They're doing a very similar thing where they're kind of bumping up their schedule to see where they stack up against these top tier teams. I think the Big North Conference as a whole is going to be pretty competitive this year. Um, you know, West I think will be will be very good. Central if they can if they can find some more pitching, some young pitchers to step up into those and fill in those holes from the staff from last year. Um, Gaylord, I think, is going to be very good. Uh, they're, what, ranked 14, I think? First time they've ever been ranked in the history of their program. And, uh, you know, they've got uh, three really good pitchers um, and, you know, a decent young young group that has experience from going to the state quarterfinals two years ago. And a lot of those players were on the, the 2013 team that went to the, the Little League state championship game as well. I did not know that. Gaylord's going to be pretty good, you know, uh, Joel Wilson and Petoskey is one of the top players in the Big North. Um, Alpina has a pretty good, a really good pitcher as well. Man, that kid's Wilson is just a man, three star or three sport star. Yeah, you yeah, look at not, how he not plays just a three sport athlete, a three sport star for yeah. sure. Yeah, ridiculous. Who do we think is Central's best player? We know who West's best player is. Probably, probably Matt Corrado. I think at this point, yeah, it's probably all around. It's Corrado. I, you know, Ben McCreary um, has, you know, with that huge long frame. You know, when he gets when he makes contact, it goes a long way. Um, so he's a, he's a nice guy to have in the middle of that order too. But but Corrado was impressive last year. I think it's just just a, a sophomore. Soft, yeah, he was a yeah. he was a sophomore last year. Hit four seventy one. Slugged over seven hundred. So came in and started right away. I think at third, you know, in infield spot, right away as a sophomore. So yeah, I think he's got to be one of their top players. A team that had a bit of a disappointment to their season last year, considering that they ran the table in the regular season, is Frankfurt. They finished 
34 and 1. Right now they're ranked number 1 in Division 4 going into the season. They started off the postseason. They beat Buckley 11 to nothing in Forest Area, 11 to nothing uh, in the playoffs last year. But they lost to Muskegon Catholic Central 2 to 1 in the regional semi. And I think that was really heartbreaking for that Panthers team. Frankfurt's coming into the season, and I think that's why they're ranked number one, is they didn't really lose all of that much. No, I think they lost Tyg Stockdale, who's like their number three or four pitcher, and that's about it. And I think Griffin Kelly's going to slide into that spot in the in the pitching rotation. Yeah, Brett Zimmerman, one of the best players in the area. Yeah. He's back. Jack Moore, one of the best pitchers. Kirk Myers, both of those were you know at Dream the top of the rotation. Yeah. And then Griffin Kelly, Kelly. and, and uh, Matt Stefanski as well. Yeah, first baseman. He's got some power. <laughs> they, they should be really good again. I was looking at their schedule, and it doesn't look all that difficult because the Northwest Conference doesn't have much other than Frankfurt, of course, and, and Glen then Lake. Glen Lake, which yeah. is uh, a top-20 ranked team. Benzie might be okay, too. They've got they got a couple young guys that were pretty impressive last year. I just don't think they have yeah, the, enough the, the to point, compete with The Frankfurt. point is, okay to good is not going to yeah. be Frankfurt. <laughs> right. No. Not in most days. That lost, I mean, Muskegon Catholic has just been their bugaboo in all kinds of sports. And the same thing kind of happened to Gaylord. I mean, they you know, they had a pretty good season last year, too, and then they went into districts and lost to an Ogemaw Heights team that they had beaten in the regular season um, by just a couple of runs. And, you know, Schneider is saying, he's like, you know, we win that game, and I think we go to the semifinals. But they just had one off game. I think one of the most interesting baseball teams in our area is the number eight team in Division Four, and that's Gaylord St. Mary, because they have such a, right now, just such a great program from their varsity uh, through their JV, and you know they, last year they played really well in the postseason. They lost in the region, uh, or I should say, the state championship uh, semifinals. They lose, or they lost a couple of, you know, a few really good players in Nick Torsky and Josh Nowicki and Billy Koenig. But again, they have a, a wealth of, of young players. They get Drew Long back, a pair of Drews, and Drew Long and uh, Drew Koenig, who was a freshman last year and really, really impressed. So is Gaylord St. Mary another team that can make it to the, uh, the state finals, that the final four teams, are they talented enough to get back there losing Torsky, Nowicki, and, uh, and Koenig? That's going to be tough. I mean, when you look at these other front runners for this season, Gaylord St. Mary, while I still think they're going to be very good, they have the most losses to deal with or, or key pieces gone from a year ago. Um, that's not to say that they couldn't figure it out by the end of the year. Um, or maybe they even come out, out of the gate swinging. But uh, I would expect that there will be a bit of an adjustment for the Snowbirds. So one of the big players, one of the best players in the area is Joey Muzlakovich, and we were lucky enough to have him in the studio. So why don't we go ahead and listen to that interview with the lovely James Cook and the even lovelier Brett Summers. I'd like to introduce Traverse City St. Francis's own Shohei Otani, the uh, pitching and batting phenom for Traverse City St. Francis, Joey Muzlakovich, who joins us in the Record Eagle studio now. How are you doing, Joey? Doing well. Thank you for having me. You just got done with practice. A lot of s- schools, everybody's dealing with this crazy weather, snow on the ground, so 
what's practice been like? How are you guys trying to stay sharp for whenever you're able to take the field? Oh, geez, yeah, with the snow, I don't know when we'll be able to, uh, especially at St. Francis, you know, our, our field's down underneath all the other fields. It's like the awful draining site, so I don't know when we'll be out there. But, um, yeah, right now it's just a bunch of, uh, like, fundamentals, um, going over things just for the season, bunt coverages, uh, making sure we can we can hit the ball opposite field, um, a lot of bunting, a lot of bunting, and, uh, you know, trying to go over some fielding stuff, uh, like the infield-wise, but, uh, you know, right now it's pretty hard just because we don't have a lot of space to work with. But, uh, yeah, we're all getting, you know, pretty antsy to get outside, but uh, it's going well. No, a lot of BP. Oh, yeah, lots of BP almost every day. Now, you guys didn't lose a ton after the state championship game run from last year but from what you're able to surmise from inside the gym I mean what are what are the biggest differences headed into this season that you feel uh, about this team uh you know we're gonna definitely have to uh fill fill a few spots that we lost last year with Peter McAndrews Gabe Callery and Connor Sweet all starting um Counter Sweet played a great third base for us last year and, and hit very well for us. So, you know, that that's a hole that we're going to have to fill for sure. And uh, Gabe definitely at second base, he brought, you know, a mentality to our team that, uh, you know, if we play our game, nobody can nobody can beat us for sure. So we're going to have to fill that. Us seniors are going to have to step up, you know, really, really show what we got. Um, but I think we're going to do well. We're definitely going to have to figure out, uh, you know, some more positioning um, players, but uh, I think we're going to do well, just like we did last year. Do you kind of have an idea who's going to, you know, fill that leadoff spot that Calorie leaves open, as well as uh, Sweet at third base yet at this point, or are, are guys still kind of fighting for for their spot in the lineup? There's a bunch of fighting going on for sure. No, no position safe, that's for sure. Um, yeah, as of right now, we're not even sure lineup wise, starting positions. Um, there, there's a bunch of really, really good baseball players. Um, in the junior class this year, and uh, so you know everything's up for grabs right now, and just see uh, who gets it by the beginning of the season. I would kind of think that maybe Danny Passano would be a guy who would be right there and to be uh, to be the leadoff guy. Yeah, that's year, I mean. that's what I'm thinking, you know. But nothing's been said, and you know everybody's just antsy just to wait and see who's you know playing where and who's batting where. I'm I'm thinking Danny's going to be first, but you never know. We still have. You know, a few really good juniors coming up. We brought up a, uh, a sophomore, Colin Andres, who, who's, a, who's a very good hitter, a very good pitcher. So, uh, you know, just a bunch of question marks for sure by us players. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that you've been working on bunting a lot. So it's going to be kind of the similar small ball style for uh, quite a bit, at least at the top of the order, get guys on base, and then uh, you guys, your big bobbers in the middle of the lineup, have some, uh, some guys to hit in. Oh, yeah, we're definitely hoping so. Uh, last year, the bunting came in very clutch for us, for sure, postseason, uh, even regular season-wise. Um, you know, we're just going to try to keep teams on their toes for sure, just see if they know fundamentally what they're doing, bunt coverages-wise. And, you know, Danny Passano, if he does bat first, which I'm thinking he will, but you never know, he, he's very fast, very quick, very mm-hmm. fast, very fundamentally sound, obviously. So, you know, you tell him to bunt, he'll lay down a bunt wherever you want it, uh, and very fast, so teams definitely have to uh, – you know, just be prepared for for a few bunts, yeah. for sure. Now to the to the to the person who's maybe just a casual baseball observer, fielding a bunt seems like something that's really simple, but it obviously is not. No, because <laughs> you guys used that as a, an incredible weapon last year in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's definitely hard to field. That's why we work on it so much. You know, bunt coverage is for us very hard. Most of the time, you know, you're not expecting error. When you do, it's a little bit easier. But still, then if if somebody lays down a perfect bunt. 
you got to th- make that throw to first on the run, and you know it's definitely harder than it looks for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, and well, teams if they had scouted you guys at all had to know it was coming, and yeah. still had troubles with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I know our our coaches for sure preach just day in day out about you know bunting, laying down bunts. You have to make the bunt no matter who you are. If you're batting third, batting last, batting first, anywhere in the lineup, you know we like to surprise teams with the bunts. So you know that's that's one of our our staples for sure. We definitely need to be fundamentally sound with not only just bunting but also the bunt coverages and being able to make that throw on the run for sure. Now go, going almost a year now uh, since the run to the championship game. How do you kind of look back and reflect on the season that you guys had last year? We definitely try not to live in the past, but you know, every shirt we make, we, or every year we make a shirt, a different shirt. And uh, you know, the year prior to that, we did not do very well. We lost in the district semifinals to Lake City, and so our shirt was uh, was pretty bare, you know, with the uh, accomplishments that we had. And so, you know, we make a shirt that you know, state finalists, all of our, you know, thirty eight wins and stuff like that, but. Other than that, we try to leave that in the past. Coaches definitely, they're they're really drilling into our mind that instead of us having a bullseye on somebody else's back, our, the bullseye is on our back this time. So we can never uh, take teams for granted, and we have to be on our toes every game. Mm-hmm. Have you guys been able to comprehend? I mean, I know you you probably try not to look at statistics too much, but comprehend the individual seasons that some of you guys had. I mean, your numbers, which we kind of went over during this, the other segment in this podcast, were ridiculous. Um, your teammate Casey Peterson, I mean, he gives up one earned run the mm-hmm. entire season. Yep. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, just like I said, we try not to think about that, you know, knock on wood for sure, but... uh you know, there there are some things, like when we're talking to each other, we're like, oh, my gosh, you, you know, we're looking back at the stats. We're like, do you realize? Like, I, I told Casey, I was like, do you realize you only had one run the entire year? He's like, yeah, like, it's crazy. Like, you never really think about it during the season. You're just, you know, thinking next game, next game. But then when you reflect on it, it looks pretty crazy. So we're just trying to trying to do the same thing that we did last year. So I know the goal is to always improve, but how – how do you do some things better? I mean, because when you look at the numbers, it'd be like, well, how could you even possibly do that better? Really, it's pretty. That's a pretty hard question to answer. You know, you can only get so good. But you know, obviously, we're we're all high schoolers here. We can only improve from here. Especially going off into college, you know, we just try to you know harder fastball, more movement, better command for sure. Really, it 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 more depends on how you're feeling and how how like you know, going into the game, how you're feeling, everything like that, even if you are pitching shutouts every game or doing, you know, doing everything right, you know, like that next step going into college, it's not going to be the same case. So you just need to, you know, flush it and move on and just remember, you know, next year these kids are going to definitely be able to hit me. So just got to improve your game every day that you uh, step on that field for sure. So one obvious thing that clearly I would think is driving you guys would be that state championship game loss yep have you thought about that game every day since it happened or or where does that play in your preparation going into your senior year and and the team that you guys have that you know that replays my head every day day in day out for sure and replays in everybody's head really you know the coaches coaches say you know what maybe we did give 99 percent that last year um but you know we have to give all 100% of ourselves to this team throughout the entire season because if we make it there great but we don't have a ring on our finger you know we don't we don't 
finish the deal. So instead of giving 99%, we got to give that last 1% and finish the deal this year for sure. So, you know, it's replaying in my head a lot, but again, you just got to, you got to go in thinking, you know, we're not ranked. We're not, you know, just thinking we're the underdogs and you got to work as hard as you can every day and, you know, let the, uh, let the games happen. Let our, let our talent happen for sure. Is it, is it difficult to, a little bit what you were talking about there is, you know, not the expectation that, oh, we're just going to get right back to the state championship game, yep. but that hope that you got, but you're like, we just got to do a little bit more than what we did mm-hmm. last season. I mean, last year you ran into a guy in the state championship game who was, what, pitching at TCU this year, I think? Yeah, something, something like, like that. Just I mean, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, so, and, and you guys still kept it close. I mean, you guys got some pretty pretty solid contact off of him the first few innings and, mm-hmm. and really had them kind of on the ropes. Um, how much do you kind of look at that and say, you know, we, we, we were just this close <laughs> last yeah. year. and We look at that a lot, for sure. Um, you know, we cranked the, the machine and the batting cage up a little more this year. You know, definitely, you know, the bunting, everything, you crank up the machine a little bit, a little bit, you know, try to get ready for those those stellar pitchers, for sure, that we're, we plan on seeing in the postseason. Even regular season, our, our schedule is full of D1, really, really good teams. So, you know, coaches saying, you know what, why not be ready for the postseason, you know, during the regular season? Why not, you know, play the best teams that you can? So we're going to be ready for the postseason this year, hopefully with the schedule we have uh, in the regular season. So, uh, you know, just cranking up the machine, working on everything a little bit faster, a little bit harder, and trying to get fundamentally sound for sure. Yeah, because I think if you guys are able to play those games, some of them I think have already been canceled or rescheduled or something. Oh, yeah. But if you get to play some of those games and remake those up, you're going to have, like, what, 10 games, I think, against... Division one teams, at least. Yep. Maybe yep. more maybe with tournaments and stuff. Yeah, but. yep. I know Coldwater was canceled last weekend. We were going to play Hamlet, Coldwater, TC West, you know, a couple really good D1 teams. Then we play a couple ranked D1 teams that, you know, no cupcakes there for sure. So, you know, just trying to get ready for the postseason, trying to, you know, do everything that we can for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Did you guys have Woodhaven on there too? Yeah. On your schedule? Yep. I mean, they're, in, they're another good team. I oh, mean, yeah. We played them last year when they were ranked, I think. Eighth in D one, and I think we lost like five to one or something like that. But you know, seeing the, those pitchers, they had three pitchers throwing high eighties. We saw their third, and he was like eighty seven, eighty eight, and you know that's no cupcake for sure. So that got us ready for you know postseason everything. And so the coaches thought, I'm sure after that game, why aren't we playing better teams like this? You know, even if we do lose, even even if our our or our record isn't as good as you know it is this last year. It'll make us a lot better team, and you know, hitting wise, we'll be a lot uh, more ahead of the game for sure. So, how how excited were you, or or what emotions did you feel when you saw the schedule that your your coaches and athletic director had put together for you this year? You know, there are a lot of mixed emotions. I was thinking this is really going to get us ready for the postseason. Definitely going in college, you know, all this, you know, the upside to all this, but then also saying. Wow, our schedule, you know, is super hard. Our record may not be as good. You know, there's going to be a lot of failure throughout the year. Hopefully not, obviously. Hopefully we win all these games, but you know, it's going to be a lot of close games for sure. So, mixed emotions for sure, but I, I definitely think it's it's better than better than our schedule last year, you know, getting us ready and, you know, playing some really tough teams to see what we have for sure. Central I think, I think and that definitely worked out for like Buckley in basketball. Yep. I mean, they went last year just mowed through their schedule this year they 
they jacked up their schedule and, and lost like five games in the regular season. People were counting them out because yep. they lost five games in the regular season, but then they went to the same thing in the playoffs and right back to the state finals. Exactly, yeah. So it's just testing us to see, you know, what we have deep down. So, you know, I think I know our team because a lot of our, a lot of our players play football and I know what our football team has. Uh, you know, we're just a bunch of gritty guys out there. We're not, you know, we're not trying to, you know, throw our jock straps out there. We work hard and we, you know, we try to do everything right. So uh, we'll see this year. I'm definitely excited. Hopefully you guys get those games in against Central and West. I mean, that's obviously a matchup that you, you don't get to have happen on the football field. Yep. So how, how exciting is it to have that opportunity to at least play those guys uh, on the baseball diamond? Oh, really exciting! Yeah, we scrimmage west and like some seven on seven or uh, central and some seven on sevens and stuff like that. But you know, I, I play a lot of baseball in the summer with with a lot of guys from both west and central, and uh, it'll be it, it's really fun because we play central every year. I know west like I think once a year, just to like you know see the guys that you don't see every day. You know, play baseball against them instead of with them. You know, have a little uh, you know rivalry kind of. Not really, but you know, you see them and you kind of joke around with them. You know, you get a big hit off one of them if they're pitching. You know, you talk after the game. You know, it's a lot of fun uh, playing against those guys. And then you know, just seeing what we have because we are the small school in Traverse City. A lot of people count us out against those big schools, so we like to uh, you know get out there and show them what we have for sure. What is it about? Attending St. Francis, I mean, regardless of sport, it seems like the Gladiators put a very competitive, if not great, team on the field. Um, does it? Do you think it's different, uh, a different attitude or different mentality uh, being a student athlete there? I mean, what's the why? Why all the success uh, so often? I think it's a lot of the coaching. You know, there's just there's a different thing about St. Francis. I'm sure West and Central work just as hard as us you know but I think the coaching staff that we have in in all sports really give us that that upper hand for sure I uh, because there's a tradition at St. Francis you know excellence and the kids grow up you know I came in third grade and ever since third grade I was always looking you know football football like our teams that's when the Bulls were there and you know they it was crazy for sure and so you just grow up watching what St. Francis does and everything, and so you just want to be a part of that for sure. So you you, uh, you do everything you can for sure just to, you know, be as good as the team before you, be as good as, you know, in football as the Bulls were and all that. So I think it's just how, how we watch and how we, how we uh, you know, watch the players before us and, and the coaching staff, and they, they push us for sure. They push us really, really hard at practice. We For every sport I know, it's you practice like you play. So we make practices as much, you know, high intensity, just like games for sure. Now I know last year you had the the slogan, the uh, and it was the number, and I can't remember what the number was, but it was the number of miles to, oh, yeah. to East Lansing. What do you have one, a different one this year, or is it just going to continue with that one? We have Coach Peterson actually, the assistant coach, got us the shirts last year with the one seven four on the uh, on the chest and the and the sleeve. This year we got the one seven four on the sleeve. Always remember that. I think it worked for us last year. So we're going back to that, but then we also he made one do your job, don't don't overthink things, you know, do what you're supposed to do, remember what you're supposed to remember, and you know, give it your all. So do your job in one seven four this year. How cool is it um, to be in a team where you know the Petersons are in the same situation where you you know where your dad is one of the assistant coaches and you just get to to share that as well it's it's wonderful yeah my dad's been coaching me ever since you know I could remember there's pictures of him you know t-ball 
even even in the back backyard before T-ball. You know, he's been coaching me ever since day one. And, you know, this is the last year to do that. I, I won't be playing summer ball this year because of the surgery on my shoulder, but this is his last year to do that, his last season with me. He's he's more heartbroken than I am, really, because my little brother is actually playing lacrosse, so I, I'm his last son that will be playing on his team. And, you know, we're just trying to make the most of it for sure. You know, never think, wow, this is the last season, but just have that in the back of our heads. Just, you know, it's super special because after games, after practices, you get to talk, you know, and, and mm-hmm. it's like it's having a coach with you the entire time. So it's just the insight that he brings is great for sure. Any chance he tries to coach lacrosse after this year? <laughs> I don't think so. No, he's he's not a lacrosse guy. He he supports my little brother in his decision, but he, he loves baseball. He'll he'll go watch anybody. T ball all the way high school, college pros. There's ever a game on TV or in in town, he's there for sure. Now you you mentioned surgery. You're gonna have surgery this off season during the summer, or I will. Yes. Yep. I go to Wayne State to talk to their surgeon. June 22nd. Well, it's June 23rd. I go for orientation the 22nd. I talk to the orthopedic surgeon the 23rd, and we'll schedule it from there. So I'm assuming early to mid-July is when I'll get that surgery. So what's the concern exactly? In football, I noticed that my shoulder was hurting towards the middle of the season, but I never, you know, you always get those stingers, and you're never 100% healthy during the football season. And I just noticed my shoulder was bugging me a little bit, and it never got better. And then when Danny Passano went down week six, I believe, with the broken collarbone, we put in some trick plays where I started throwing the ball a little bit. And so I noticed my shoulder when I was throwing the the football was, you know, if I started throwing as hard as I can or, you know, even 75% with the football, it it was definitely sore. And, like, it felt like I just couldn't get loose and anything like that. And so... I was like, oh, it'll go away. It's just the the football, you know, just playing a lot. And so after the season, I kind of forgot about it. I was lifting. It feels fine when I lift, when I really do anything normal. But then I started throwing the ball at some of our summer. Our summer team started, you know, throwing the ball around, like, as soon as football got out. And so at some of the practices, my shoulder just kept on hurting. And so it reminded me, like, wow, like, you know, maybe it'll get better. And so I started PT. I let Wayne State know like what was going on. Like my shoulder's bugging me, and just well, it isn't getting better. And so I started physical therapy and did that for a few months. And then we went to the doctors again for for the uh, for the checkup. And he asked me how it was doing with the PT, and like I would throw. I started the throwing program, and I said, you know, it's really not getting any better at all. Like it's it wasn't space. getting worse though either. It wasn't getting worse, but it wasn't getting better. And so I was I was concerned. I was like. I don't know what it is because I'm doing physical therapy almost every day. I'm doing it twice a week at the place, and then every day on my own I'm, I'm lifting, but I'm doing, you know, things that they tell me I can do. And then I'm also throwing a little bit just to see how it feels on the throwing program he gave me, and it wasn't getting better at all. And so, like, that was two months for sure. And so we went back, and he said, you know, get an MRI on it. And we'll see because he said with a lot of pitchers, they have a little bit of like it's called a slap tear in the front from pitching, which is, you know, it's just kind of like a peel back of your labrum in the front, like on the front side, just from overuse throwing. It affects like 50% of the people, like the pitchers, like, you know, you can notice it and you'll still have it and it'll get better on its own or you won't notice it and you'll feel fine, but it's still there, you know. And so he thought that's what it was going to be. And, you know, we'll, we'll get the MRI and we'll look at it and then. So I got the MRI late uh, January, and then we got the results back like that week after, maybe two weeks, 
and it showed up that I had a tear in my labrum that was pretty significant, and it was on the backside, which isn't caused by, you know, the throwing motion. And so he said that typically the only way that that gets torn is from a dislocation in my shoulder. So I must have dislocated my shoulder at one point during the football season. And then I just Running somebody over, probably. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> probably getting run over, yeah. And so I must have dislocated it partially or even full, but then it just popped right back into place. And so he said it won't get better with with rest like a lot of them do because it's it's significant like it's it's too big to just let rest and it'll heal itself and like if I wasn't going to college to pitch or play baseball I probably wouldn't get it done because I don't really feel it unless I throw or do overuse Mm -hmm. it so we we decided on two weeks from that day just to get to surgery I was gonna have to miss my senior year of baseball which I you know was pretty heartbroken about when I first heard that but I was like you know I'll be ready for for college you know like that's the next step in my life you know I'm I'm committed to Wayne State I'm not gonna let them down because of you know because of a different sport in high school and so I let Wayne State know and I to my surprise which I am so grateful for they said, you know, play your senior year. Play your senior year. Don't pitch or, you know, play third because I could tear it worse, but that's that's over time, like a lot of throwing, a lot of high-intensity throws. And so they said, you know, play first base and hit. And I, I was so grateful for that because college coaches don't a lot of the time think about that. They don't think, you know, it is his senior year and stuff like that. And so the fact that they're letting me play my senior year is – I'm so I'm so beyond grateful for that, and so you know they're they're great coaches, obviously at Wayne State, but they're even better better guys off the field. So I'm I'm so grateful for that. So I'll end up getting surgery after this season, and it's a six to nine month recovery for just starting to throw again. I'll be throwing off the mound in about nine months, they said, but I'll be pitching in a game at fourteen months. So, you know, everything's up in the air right now, whether I'll get, you know, redshirted or stuff like that. But, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful right now. You know, no, you know, they're not taking my scholarship away and everything like that. Like, I could get redshirted, but, you know, that's, to me, that's fine. You know, just get back on that field for sure as soon mm-hmm. as possible. So you're not going to pitch at all this season? I can't. No, not in the high school. Can't pitch. So is, is that going to be difficult still? I mean, you, obviously you'll get to play, but difficult not to take the hill this year? Yeah, yeah, I'll be seeing, you know, people take my spots, and I'm I'm super happy for them, you know. But, you know, that little part in me that's like, come on, I just, you know, I'm, there's something missing here. I, I need to be pitching, you know. I've been doing that ever since I was eight years old. And so not being able to pitch this year is going to be it's going to be hard, you know, the first few games where – I feel like, you know, because, like, when I throw 30%, like, I feel good at 30%. Anything over that, it starts to hurt a little bit. And so I just need to take it careful. But, you know, when I'm throwing from first base, there's little amounts of throws, you know, in each game. So, you know, when I start throwing, it's it's going to be hard not to say, come on, like, I can pitch a little bit, you know. Just <laughs> <laughs> just let me let me pitch an inning or, or two. So it'll be hard the first few games, but I think we'll get used to it. You know, I'm already getting used to it because, you know, we're throwing bullpens and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. when my name isn't called to throw the next bullpen, I was, you know, a little a little bummed. But, you know, just got to take that next step. Got to wait for college. Got to wait after that surgery. So, yeah. Well, before we jump away from talking about you going on to Wayne State, uh, one of your teammates, uh, our future teammates, is Frankfurt's Brett Zimmerman. Yep. How well do you know him now? And, uh 
you know how how excited are you about that opportunity? I am I am so excited. He, his his older brother played at Wayne State and was a great player there. Obviously, one of the best they've had, and and I knew he was going there. And you know we've known each other for two years now. We have become super super close friends. One of my best friends for sure. We text, we Snapchat, we do everything every day almost. And so that is, it, it's a great opportunity to uh, go there and be roommates actually with him. And, you know, I am just, I'm so happy. I cannot wait for college for sure, just because of that even. Earlier in this podcast, we talked about uh, preseason players of the year, uh, possibilities between myself, James, and Brendan. Uh, so I kind of wanted to ask you, Joey, what, you know who? I mean, you can give me a couple of your teammates if you'd like, but uh, if you could go outside of your own team, and who 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 do you think are some of the best players in the area? I mean, it doesn't have to be same division. It could be, you know, Traverse City West, class, uh, Division One, down to Division Four, and you know somebody from Gaylord St. Mary or yeah. uh, something like that. Just who who do you see as as some of the premier talent in the area? Obviously, I'm going to have to go with the Peterson Twins. They're outstanding players. Those are the two I'm going to pick from my team. They're they're definitely going to be in the running for sure. You know, from West, I'm going to have to pick Ryan Hayes, even though he's going, you know, football at Michigan, which is, you know, obviously great. Um, he's an awesome player for sure. I've been playing with him for years now. We're, you know, really good friends. I'm going to have to pick him from West, from Central, Sam or um uh yeah Sam Schmidt and Sam Briggs both both of the Sams outstanding players I play um I've played travel baseball with Sam Schmidt and I've been playing for the past few years travel baseball with Sam Briggs on a green um and then obviously Brett Zimmerman Brett you know, all Amer in the running for all American mm-hmm. outstanding work ethic been playing with him cannot wait to go to college with him just to you know to learn from what he does day in and day out. So, you know, those are some of my picks, and I just can't wait to see who, who wins it this year. All right, awesome. Well, Joey, thank you so much uh, for joining us today in the studio. That was a lot of fun. Talk about the upcoming season, talk about the great run you guys had last year, and, uh, you know, it's we're sorry that you won't be taking, taking the mound this year, but uh, best of luck in this season and uh, everything you and the Gladiators uh, have in mind Uh, for everybody watching. Awesome. Thank you guys very much. As always, another big thank you to Muzlakovic for joining us in the studio, taking time out of his day to come here and talk with Brett and James, uh, very much appreciated. And speaking of Muzlakovic, why don't we get into our Player of the Year predictions. I-, I think you have three or four players that are really the cream of the crop for baseball here uh, in-, in the area. And Muzlakovic, definitely one of them. He's a first-team All-Stater, and more than likely he's a first-team All-Stater again this year. One of the best players, uh, who- who's not a pitcher, uh, in the area, Brett Zimmerman guys uh, a preseason all-american for the second year in a row i'm not sure mm-hmm. if he did it as a sophomore as a freshman but he i did know not, that but but i mean all-american is that's no joke that's and, not something they just throw around lightly and he's he's actually who i was going to bring up you know i i said that probably what pushed joey over the top last year was the fact that he had the hitting numbers on top of the ridiculous 
um, pitching stats. And, you know, with, with Zimmerman playing catcher, he's kind of in a similar mold, except for the fact that there aren't any stats, any behind the behind the plate stats. Yeah, we don't get a pitch frame in in high school. And so, or you do know, we? It's possible that some of these depending sabermetrics to get some now. So depending on what we see from Zimmerman throughout the course of the season, I mean, if he I mean, he, he hit he hit five oh six last year. Yeah, his on base plus slugging was fifteen point. Uh, yeah, it was fifteen oh four. Yeah, so that's. <clears throat> Insane. And he, st- he stole 32 bases, too. Right. And I don't know how many guys he threw out. That's the one stat that uh, we should have had. There probably wasn't anybody stupid enough to try to steal on him. 20 extra base hits. Um, but I think he's a guy that even uh, if you don't have those behind-the-plate stats to back up his catching, you can sort of just know the impact that was there and sort of compare it to... What's what a pitcher does from the hill. So I think he's certainly got a, a good crack at it. The other one we brought him up a little bit earlier was Ryan Hayes, who was a close second for player of the year last year. What should we expect from Ryan Hayes this season? Uh, are, should we be seeing a jump? He set school records last year for ERA. It was .48 and strikeouts. He had 102, one of the few players in the area with 100-plus strikeouts. Yeah, we were getting phone calls from uh, Matt Boshan, uh, you know, giving us stats about Hayes with 15, 16 strikeouts, uh, which is just incredible. There's a reason that he's going to try to dual sport at Michigan, football and baseball. Yes, he is the uh, he's the next Jeff Samarja, who was smart enough at Notre Dame to uh, when he was leaving to choose baseball instead of football, save that old noggin and uh, make plenty of bank as well i mean he's definitely got a a good shot at it um i don't know if or what type of offensive plans they have for him this year or where he may fit into west lineup but then you know another guy i think you have to mention and we talked a little bit about was drew long because he's another one of those guys you know his numbers maybe weren't quite as sterling as muslakovich's but they were very close from the hill and then at the plate he was pretty ruthless himself did you bring up his numbers? 14-1, ERA, 99 strikeouts. He had 410, uh, 20 th- uh, 23 ribbies, and, and 35 runs. He's right there, but he's also a Division Four player, and uh, you have to take that into account, uh, and especially with Ryan Hayes, who's doing all that in Division One. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's going to be a fun fun race to watch, uh, you know, an individual race, apart from what these teams all do uh, towards the end of the uh, end of the season, which, thanks to this crazy schedule, is going to really be honest before we know it. Yeah. Um, All right, so who are our predictions? Who are we going with? Brett, I'll start with you. Who's your prediction for player of the year? Preseason prediction player of the year. Actually, let's can we switch this up a little bit, and we all make a prediction, but it can't be Joey Muzlakovich? I was going to go with Brett Zimmerman anyway. That's who I was going to go with. I, I, think, <laughs> I think that he is... Uh, going to show out in his senior season and, and go out uh, just blazing. I expect him to hit uh, over 530. I would imagine if he's still running to steal 30 bases. You know what catcher has ever? What catcher do you know that steals 30 bases? That just just isn't. It's just not a thing. Mm-hmm. And he makes his pitching staff great. Because he's calling the game, and he also has a great pitching staff on he, top of it. <laughs> yeah, but you you have to yeah you have to wonder like how much does his 
pitch calling and framing the pitches, how much does uh, does that help his pitchers? He's got a good defense, um, you, you know, uh, there as well. It's uh, he's not a kid that allows a lot of past balls, but yeah, Zimmerman, I think is uh, he's the guy that'll be taking it this year, and that isn't to take anything away from Muzlakovich, Hayes, or Drew Long. Okay. It's, just to be different, I'm going to go with Ryan Hayes then. Because if I went with Zimmerman, then it would be that'd be pretty boring. I think. But, well, uh, I think Hayes is a great pick, as I said before. Just you know, he plays. He's doing all that in Division One. He's yeah, he's doing that in Division One. Uh, when he's not pitching, he plays you know pretty darn good defense for them at third base. Um, I mean, he's he's got a, a good arm, obviously, to play third base, and it's just a huge, just a huge reach. Let's go ahead and wrap up the show and wrap up sports movie madness and reveal. The champion, and if you didn't guess it uh, by my description earlier in the show, then you probably know it now. But remember, the Titans are number one overall seed, uh, beat up on Happy Gilmore, one hundred and five to sixty. Straight chalk. Yep. Straight chalk. Yeah, number one all the way through. They did not suffer the same fate as Virginia this year. Yeah, that's a. I was gonna make the same joke, but. I got to it first. You did. So, James, you haven't seen that movie, so uh, you can not be part of this conversation right that's now. A, but you need a, to go. Okay. You need to see it. Obviously, it's on now, my list. Now that it has won Sports Movie Madness, it, it's got to be right up there and uh, finished up, uh, as we said, the, the highest-ranking movie on the uh, Rotten Tomatoes thermometer. It, it might take me years, and they might make better sports movies that could have filled in our original bracket in the, in the meantime. But I was actually planning on watching the bracket in reverse order however it finished up and so you were gonna watch 64 movies like i said it could take me a while yeah especially at the rate that i watch movies (laughs) and i know there were a few on there that you were not interested in seeing endless summer the hustler i'd still watch them yeah and i never said i wasn't interested in the hustler you gave it a a rave review yes i love it give it a look yeah so Brett, what makes Remember, Remember the Titans uh, the winner? What it is about that movie that just seems to have such a mass appeal? I think it's just the... There's so many elements layered throughout the movie that are emotionally moving in different ways. I mean, you've got the just the on-the-field aspect. Um, you've got the coming together after all the racial tension. Um, you've got the coach you know when he takes the guys through Gettysburg and all those different things yeah how many times have we brought up remember the Titans in our trifecta yeah best movie speeches uh, best football movie certainly we brought up a lot of them and what a what a cast that yeah. it has yeah you've well and I was gonna say you've got the you've got the friendship um, that evolves between Gary and Julius which um, you could look at there's some similarities there as the racial tension aspect, but it's also just friends and, uh, you know, everything they went through together and how close they become by the end of it. And um, Left side, strong side. Yeah, it's an uh, incredible, incredible movie start to finish. And yeah. you, like you said, the cast is great. Right, you got a young uh, Ryan Gosling in there. Um, you get you have, uh, what's his face? Hate... <laughs> And uh, who's his nuts? <laughs> you got what Ryan Hurst in there as well. Um, Denzel, Hayden Panettiere, right? Uh, Wood Harris, 
who went on to uh, star in The Wire as Avon Barksdale. Got uh, Donald Faison from Scrubs, uh, Louis Lastic from Boy Meets World. He was mm-hmm. one of the bullies along with uh, Harvey. What the hell was Harvey's name? Last name. Well, for all you Boy Meets World fans out there, and I guarantee that Harrison Beebe is one of them, that he will be shouting at his computer or radio or whatever he's listening to this podcast on right now and say it's Harvey. You mean Harley. Well, the Harley, <laughs> Harley and Harvey. There was another one. Was there not a Harvey? Maybe there wasn't. But Adam Scott from, uh, we know him well, from Parks and Recreation, he played one of the bullies at one time uh, on there. And he also had uh, Drew Pinsky, who went on to be in a band that I can't remember the name right now. So this is what what great stuff this has to be. What amazing podcast material as we're sitting here talking and saying to ourselves, man, I th- there's someone, but I can't remember their name or, or what they did. See, last week, it's an extension of last week when you were talking about getting older. Now you're now it's not just uh, droopiness. It's, uh, you know, forgetting things. Yeah, the memory is going. I just attribute that to the tumor in the back of my head. He doesn't actually have one of those, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that is going to wrap up episode number 30 of the Get Around Podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this show as, as much as we did. And next week we will have the softball preview as well as our predictions for softball player of the year. We'll see if any games have been played and if there will be another inductee into the Get Around Hall of Fame. Who the hell knows if that's actually going to happen. But I have been your host, Brendan Queeley, and joining me in the studio once again, James Cook, Brett Summers. Thank you to our Audible viewers for tuning in for Episode 30, and have a good rest of the week.